Hey guys, any chance you have a few minutes to network before we start the show? Of course, Nady Big Brain. <laughs> yeah, Nady Big Brain. There's literally nothing we'd rather do with our short and precious lives on this fragile blue dot. Well said, Brent. Thank you, Catherine. That's nice, guys, but intro. Last week, words bad, make mistakes, ears sad. Don't say that. Our ears were not sad. They were happy ears. Mine started flapping like a dog's tail when it knows it's getting a treat. You guys are so supportive. And that's why we're such good friends. The information in last week's intro was just flat out incorrect. That being said, I talked about it with my priest, and this week's script is going to be a lot better. So go ahead and click on the new file, and let's start the show. You are listening the North American Friends Movie Club. A show where we talk about films. Movies. And the cinema. Why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Kate? Sure thing. I'm Kate Cardini, and I'm a character in the Star Wars cinematic universe. I'm really strong and smart and good at flying my spaceship. But I also know how to throw back a few revnogs in the leisure zone on Morlana 1. On the weekends, you can find me hopping into hyperspace and cruising over to the planet Nabu with my best friends, Salacious B. Crumb and Slice Noodles. I don't really care about the light side or the dark side, but I did date a Jedi once and he made me try Eggs Benedict for the first time, so I'll always have a soft spot in my heart for Yodas of all sizes. Speaking of weird little guys wearing house coats, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, Brent? Thank you, Catherine. I'm Brent, and I'm what you might call a philosopher king. Some philosophers go to school and learn from books, but not me. I'm more of a street philosopher. I like to get my hands dirty and really do philosophy on the people, not just talk about it in some library. My peers often ask me how I feel about the famous philosophers, so here's a list in no particular order. <laughs> Schopenhauer? More like Enopenhauer. Heidegger? More like Weidegger. John Stuart Mill? More like Jan Stupid Pill. Do you have a lot of these? Just 150 more. Choose your top three. But my freedom. Please. If you insist, Emmanuel can't, more like Emmanuel shouldn't. John Locke, more like John throw away the key. Sun Tzu, more like Sun, you need to think about what you're doing with your life because philosophy is not for you. And I'm Nate. Let's start the show. This is what it sounds like when we're doing a podcast. We're currently doing a podcast. You're listening to the North American Friends Movie Club. Uh, it's one of the greatest movie clubs in the world. It's got three wonderful hosts and we talk about movies. But before we talk about movies, it's right there in the title. Friends comes before movies. So I have to ask my two friends, how are we doing? I'm doing, I'm doing good. And I've got some things to talk about. So I want to check in with Brent first. Um, I'm doing good. Um, 
remember a couple episodes ago I talked about how I I picked out a piece of skin on my foot? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I haven't I've been picking. Oh, still. No. Mm. You're up to your knee. Oh, I know. And it's, oh. sore. it's sore when I walk because it's a chunk taken out and I can't stop. So other than that, I think I'm doing pretty good. Oh, my kids got jobs. Oh, tell us about that. Um, lobster fishing. What? And um, working at a gas station. Oh, man. One sounds like a career. One sounds like a job. Yeah, like there's no future in lobsters, man. (laughs) (laughs) The young one is just, yeah, he works after school at the gas station. That's a good first job, you know? Yeah. You don't really have to work that hard, but you do have to show up, so. And it's like close, so it's just, yeah, that's good. You need to check his pockets for vapes. Why? Let him vape. Just let the boy vape. No, don't let him vape. Why? It's not good for you. So is a lot of things I do. Oh, are you still smoking? Is that why you're saying that? No, I'm just saying. You two are smokers. That's why. That's why you're saying it. I don't (gasps) think Brent smokes. I smoke cigars. Oh, classy. Tony Soprano over here. Why? Why am I getting raked over the coals tonight? I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. And I'm, I'm. I don't know. I got some good sleep. I guess. Why don't you tell us how you're doing so I can <laughs> give you some shit? <laughs> yeah, I want to have fun too. Well, as you may have, as you two heard this week, I received a textual message from my father asking for details about how to listen to this podcast we're currently on. Mm-hmm. One of the most dreaded messages a, a, a person can hear. A 41-year-old woman. Yeah. <laughs> and so um, I shared with my whole family how to access the podcast. And I sli- created a slight disclaimer that that I curse on it, which I do. Yeah, we all say curse words. Um, I have not heard if my father has listened, but my sister, my oldest sister, Jennifer, who lives in California, spent the entire weekend and binged all of the episodes and sent me, wrote, uh, left me a voicemail. And she said that we are so fun and she had such a great time listening and that. Well, that's nice. I know. I couldn't believe it. It like made my whole day. That's why I wanted to talk about it. Um I'm smiling like Julia Roberts here. Jennifer is my favorite one between Jennifer and Jamie. Um, Jamie, if you're listening, you have a lot of work to do. I'm just kidding. Jamie, Jamie's my favorite, though. I'll, well, let's pick favorites. I'm picking Jamie. Jamie lives in Kansas. Jennifer lives in California. I see Jamie more because we are we live close together. Um, I don't see Jennifer as much. But she said that um, that we're hilarious and she's been jumping around to the different ones. And she really liked the Spaceballs one. That was very hilarious. And that we have the best banter. And that she's so excited for us. And she thinks we should spend more money on it. That- <laughs> <laughs> We're going to get mics. We're going to get mics. We're going to get them. <laughs> I've been doing research. I've got, I've got, a, I've got a document. <laughs> Did she say anything about me? She did say, she said, I think Brent is the best one. Did she really say that? No. (laughs) So she didn't say anything about me at all then? No, but I will respond to her and ask her for specific feedback regarding you. 
It was just nice to be, it'd be nice to hear what she thought about me. That's all. Brett, I think you're very talented. I don't know. I'm not fishing. <laughs> I'm just asking specifically. She could say, well, maybe Brent talks too much or Brent's mean or I, I'm here for all comments. Okay. Well, I'll reach back out to her and get some more specific feedback. We'll get an update next week on how your sister in California feels about Brent. Thank yes. you. That's yes. not a lot. Okay. You talk and to her anyway. If, if my dad, Bob, listens. Hi, dad. Hi, Bob. Oh, my gosh. Let me tell you this. I did. So I was very nervous about talking to him about it because I thought I was going to have to like, I don't know. It's just, you know. Yeah, it's a little. I haven't. My parents know I'm doing a podcast, but I have not offered up any information that would allow them to find it. (laughs) Okay. So I'm sorry that I tagged you on a Facebook post with a link to (laughs) (laughs) with the link to the podcast. Well, I thought I said, well, if my father knows, then the world might as well know. Well, but- <laughs> if they if they find if my parents find it, I'm fine with that. I don't think I've said anything insane. They should be very proud. They should be very proud. You guys think we're like given like recipes how to make meth and pipe bombs. We're just talking about movies. I So when I was talking to my dad, I said, I, I don't want to give you another reason to be disappointed in me. And he said, well, that would be very difficult to do. Yeah, wait, that could mean, yeah, that could mean to, that could either be like, there's nothing you could do that would disappoint me or. No, he didn't mean it that way because he looked at me and he smirked. I like Bob. I like Bob. <laughs> Bob's right. This is the, this is the way you do it. Give him yeah, the business. Bob's gonna, that just, re, that, yeah, Bob's going to like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's going to appreciate my subtleness. So you know how when you're like up late at night and you kind of start worrying about stuff. So I was kind of overly worrying about my family listening to the podcast. And then I thought to myself, I need to remember that they might listen. So I should put all their photos around me while I'm recording it. So Mm -hmm. I don't say anything that I wouldn't say in front of them. That would, uh, yeah, bring disrepute on the family. Well, hi, Bob. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Jamie. What's up? And Susan. Susan, what's going on? Nate, how are you? You know what? I'm good. I got a new computer this week. Oh, are you using it? I'm using it currently. That's exciting. I haven't gotten a new computer in 13 years. I just oh my. made my old one work, and then it finally couldn't work anymore. Uh, but it took all week to get everything I needed loaded up on working on this new fangled machine. I was wondering if you, yeah, how long it took to, did you build it or did you buy it? It was, it came built, but I had to, a lot of the programs I used only worked on that old ass computer. So I had to find new solutions for a lot of different things. Try to install Napster on your new computer. I wish. <laughs> I did install Civ 6 by Sid Myers and played a little bit of that, though. It was pretty Hell fun. Yeah. Got a little distracted by that for a night. My, I, That's something I, I, that's wrong with me. I, my brain is not. I need video game. When it comes to video games now, I want to play these games like Zelda that comes out. I want to enjoy that. But I need like to do something and get in, instant gratification from it or a stat or mm. I need something. Mm. And my brain is just... I think they're too scary. Video games? Well, I got Jules and Oculus for Christmas, 
And I tried playing Resident Evil on it, and it's too scary. Oh, that's one of the scariest games of all time, Kate. What are you doing? In VR? Yes. In VR? Yeah, no, that's like, that's like you're like, I want to do some scary stuff. And they're like, you're on the ski hill, and there's like a nice green diamond, and there's like one scary thing. And then there's like seven skulls, and one of the skulls has a knife through it. And you're like, I think I'm going to get on that hill and ski down it that It came guy. free with the or it's not called oculus but it came free with it and so i was like oh and no you couldn't pay me to do that like no i won't do it when i'm alone i tried to play it by myself in the house when i was alone no 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 (laughs) (laughs) no terrifying yeah you know you had to play like some marios in there or something (laughs) i want like a big sim setup for either like a trucking game Ooh. Or a racing game Ooh. or a pilot game. Should I have Ooh. like a pilot set up? That's what I like. Three monitors. I want everything. I did get really interested in this one guy's YouTube channel where he just plays flight simulator simulator all day and he's got a setup like that. But there's this the flight simulator committee is so dedicated to realism that sometimes people play as air traffic controllers. No. And I just, I'm so impressed. It makes, fills me with so much joy where there's someone who's right now sitting in a digital hangar telling digital airplanes where they can land. I'm like, this is, we rock. It's so, I I played Flight Simulator and I would fly by my own house on the game. On my own, like, I'd fly all around Cape Breton. It's so cool. Hell yeah. Do you think that you, I feel like I would want to be destructive and like accidentally not tell people the right coordinates for their landings. You hear that, Bob? What your daughter's saying? Yeah. <laughs> trying to cause an air traffic wreck. <laughs> well, speaking of pretty women. Because <laughs> we were speaking about you? Yeah. I would have said, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm okay. going to lower the landing gear. And speaking of gear. No, Ooh. it didn't. No, it didn't work. It didn't work. That was good, it was, though. No, it didn't work. I could <laughs> that tell. Was, it did. <laughs> yes, no, that it worked. Did. That worked. I had nowhere to go after the <laughs> speaking the gear. Yeah. Speaking of gear, why don't you tell us what our movie was this week, Brent? And well, who, it's the who second in it? week. It's the second week of our theme for the month of June, and it's um, romantic comedies. Uh, June is for smooching. Yeah, June is for love there. and kissing or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I picked Pretty Woman, starring Julia Roberts, Richard Gere. Came out in 1990, which makes it 33 years old, which made me want to throw up today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and uh, it's... I'm trying to think how I want to say it. It was... I think it was probably Julia Roberts' first big role. I think so, yeah. It's the one that made her career, I would say. It's the one we all will always associate with her. Yeah, I just love it. Um, I never saw it in probably 25 years, I guess. Then I watched it and I was like, oh, this is just, just beautiful. Well, before we talk about how we feel about it, because I've got lots to say, I would like to know what happened in this movie. And there's only one person to tell us. Catherine the Great. This is the plot of Pretty Women. Pretty Woman. <laughs> That's the sequel. Go get ahead of yourself. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. Uh, Julia Roberts' character is named Vivian. Vivian is a sex worker who lives in Hollywood. One night while strolling 
the boulevards. A very affluent man, Richard Gere, whose name is Edward, picks her up after being frustrated and stressed out in regards to his corporate raidering of companies. He brings her back to his hotel, which is a very fancy hotel, and um, she, her charming and innocent personality wins him over for the evening, and he asks her to stay the week with him as he finishes up business by buying this company. Over the week, she accompanies him to multiple events, and we find out that Edward is kind is bad at relationships and lost his father a month earlier and doesn't have any real relationships with people he likes. And we find that Julia or uh, Vivian is someone who did not graduate high school and uh, is a sex worker because her friend talked her into it. And at the end is a fantasy where these two very different people fall in love. And three months later, they break up. But that's not in the movie. That's just what I know. Oh, okay. The end. Uh, So let's switch gears and uh, talk about our favorite parts. How about that, guys? Did you guys measure your feet when she said that the elbow to the wrist is the foot size? I'm going to do it right now. I'm so sick of tired looking at my feet. <laughs> so my, my foot is bigger than that. I looked at my arm. I said, there's no way my foot is as big as my arm. And then I put my foot up and it was bigger. I said, holy shit. I got a. Did you think you had little feet? Well, I just didn't. My arm feels a lot longer than my foot. Mm. I look at that and I'm like, I don't think that I got an arm worth a foot hammering around down there. <laughs> I like to think of myself as an athlete, you know, like, like, like quick, agile, like a coupe, like a race car. But yeah. Like there was like a Lotus. Like a like Lotus. A Lotus. Hey, did, did you guys read that fact about how they had to use a Lotus because Mercedes Benz and BMW wouldn't let them use a car that has to do with sex work. Oh, and isn't that interesting? Because the other thing that I noticed that Diet Coke was very quick to be like, hey, sex workers, we're the product for you. Like, this is what this is what all sex workers drink. Delicious Diet Coke. And you know what? (laughs) Good on them. When she was on Rodeo Drive and she didn't know how to like didn't know anything about anything. And like everyone was looking at her weird and like she was obviously like out of her element. That's how I feel like when I'm at the mechanic or the garage and sure. Stuff. And they know they are looking at you like that. They know. They said you're in the wrong store, dude. Yeah. And they're like, tell me what's wrong with my vehicle. I'm like, okay. And they know. I'll know nothing about something and I'll walk in confident just because that's how I manage my anxiety. Mm. Yeah, but I can't be confident and start naming out car parts. I don't know. Like out there calling things called a jo- Johnson rod or uh like I don't know. <laughs> What's this Sir Richard Gere over here doing? <laughs> what? When do you think he fell? I had a debate with Melissa when we watched the movie. When do you think he fell in love with her? What part of the movie? At the opera when he saw her cry. Yeah. Mm. 
I think he fell in love with her when um, it was dental floss behind her back and not drugs. Mm. Oh, I think that's when he first realized that she is as charming as he thought that maybe she was. Very rarely does anyone surprise me. That's what he said. And she got he got surprised. And I think that's when he fell in love. Melissa disagreed. When did, when um, did Melissa think? I don't know. I stopped. I stopped listening. Basically, she was like, "I disagree with you." And you're like, "Yeah, just kind of mad sitting there on the couch with the scowl on." Um, and I think you guys are wrong about him. The the when he snapped the box closed on her hand, that was that was unplanned. That was his one moment of being charming. Well, it's almost like the character has no charm, and then Richard Gere maybe is a little bit more charming. When he read for the parks and we read the script, he said. This guy is the most boring guy in the world. Yes. That's what Richard Gere said. Yeah, he was right. So he had, to, he had to play it boring. Okay. I'll give, you know what? He gets a little bit more credit. Big oof, though, when she said, uh, I love you, and he didn't say anything back. Big oof. It's because, you know, he has, he's emotionally stunted. It was, it was, it was, he never got over his father issues. And I think I want to say, this movie delved into the human psyche and emotion more than Silence of the Lambs did. <laughs> what? That's just my opinion. I I think Edward Richard Gere is a more complex character than Hannibal Lecter. Oh. Mm. I don't think we know that mm. from this movie. If maybe there I was do. a Pretty Women, we, the sequel, we might have more context. But she got in there. This is—it's like Silence of the Lambs in a way. Clarice oh got God. into the. No, okay. Hear me out no, for a second. I'm listening. I, hey, I'm on board, baby. <laughs> Cl- Cl- Clarice is Julia Roberts. Okay. Edward is Hannibal Lecter. Okay. And they very—they come from different worlds, mm-hmm. right? She teach. He teaches her about fine cuisine. Exactly. Mm-hmm. She t- learns about, and then he learns about emotion and who he really is and all that by sub- subtly manipulating her <laughs> in the background. <laughs> right? No. When he was bringing, Richard Gere was bringing the, the jewelry back to the front desk to the hotel manager. And uh, the manager asked if he could take a look. It would have been funny if Richard Gere did the box thing that he did to Julie Roberts. <laughs> <laughs> I, agree. I thought it was absurd that he was giving it to a hotel manager and it's worth $250 million or $250,000. And it was actually, it was actually worth, that's how much it was worth in real life. They the made movie. it special for the movie I read. And they had to travel with a armed security guard. We should keep track of this. Because it's a good. This is an important part of every movie. Is when a father figure says, "I'm proud of you," oh. and this this movie has a father figure saying, "I'm proud of you," which is you can't be the a bad guy? movie if you got that. That's a good point. And then I didn't. One more thing that popped in my head is um, she made him take a day off, and then he still wore a suit to the park. Come on, man! Come on, dude! Day off. He might not have casual clothes. I don't think he does. Oh, he only came with his business from New York. Stop with your fidget spinner ring. Oh, can you hear that? (laughs) (laughs) We talked about this. Brent, do you got a quiz? I sure do. Let's do it. (laughs) 
I have the best Pretty Woman quiz. Mm. The ultimate. The ultimate. I feel like I'm going to win this one. When I was watching, I was like, there's not a lot of quizzable materials that I'm picking up on. So I knew it was going to be hard because it's not like they're like, we'll see you in room 613. And then in my head, I would have been like 613. Got to remember that for the quiz. I do have I'm one. I'm going to rant a little bit after one question, but that's a little, little warning, a little preview. Question number one. In the very first party scene, Richard Gere walks down the stairs. He meets one of his employees. He asks the employees a stock market question. The employee says, oh, I don't know. He said, well, you do know. You should know because this stock exchange opened 90 minutes ago. Oh. What city? I know, but I want multiple choices. Okay. Okay. A, Tokyo. B, London. C, China. D, Amsterdam. I'm going to say Tokyo. I, too, am saying Tokyo. 90 minutes ago, the Tokyo Stock Exchange opened. Um, She goes to get the rent money at the back of the toilet tank, and she pulls out a box to get the money out. What color was that box? A, blue. B, green. C, red. D, purple. Go ahead, Kate. It's either blue or green. I'm going to go with green. Box was green. The box she pulled out was green. Yes. That is correct. I went on a whole mental like loop after I saw that where I was like, that's a, that's a clever way to stash some money in the toilet. And then I was like, I wonder if you could get like a fake toilet made that looks like it's a normal toilet, but there's a secret compartment built into that. And then, and then I started thinking like, oh, I bet those do exist, but they keep them secret so the police don't find out about it. And that's what that's what was going through my head during that scene. No, it's very relatable. It's uh, a false bottom toilet. I like it. Yeah. I think we might have figured out how we're going to make our Richard Gear money. <laughs> yeah, okay. He's rich in the movie. I forgot. Yeah. yeah. Um, what size dress did Julia Roberts wear in the movie? I know. I know as well. Two, four, six, or eight. It's six. It's the uh, beginning of my favorite number, six. Everyone loves number 62. You're right. Um, I think we're all tied up after three questions, are we? Yeah, we're three, three. Okay. Question number four. She um, goes and buys a black dress in the size six to go to a restaurant. What was the name of the restaurant he took her to? Oh, I know that's this. tough. Oh I'm, I'm going to need the multi-choice season. I got to go first. Fuck. Yep. A, Voltaire. B, Balthazar. C, Alinea. D, the French Laundry. Voltaire. Okay. It's, it's, it's Voltaire. Oh, my God. You guys are like on fire. We're killing it, Kate. He takes her to a horse polo match. And two teams are playing. <gasps> The teams are the Falcons versus what team name? That's hard. We're going to need some multi-choices. Your options are A, the Stallions, B, the Hawks, C, the Gems, D, the Diamonds. Who's going first? It's your turn to go first. Gems. Nathan? (sighs) This is... You made it hard because you did the gems and the diamonds at the end to get in my head. Yep. And it did. It worked. 
Good. It's a psychological manipulation and it's working. Mm-hmm. Hawks. He took her to a polo match to watch the Falcons play the Gems. Oh, eight pulls ahead. Eight. How many questions are there? There's two more. <gasps> wow. I like wow. that you always do seven questions, Brent. Yep. He's you're good at you're good at this podcast. I I learned a thing or two from my two uh wonderful co-hosts. Okay, oh. now we're all now we're all vibing. Now we're friends. Question number six. You alluded to him taking her to the opera La Traviata. Um, speaking of La Traviata, what other opera was mentioned at the end of the scene? <gasps> I'll need the multi-choices. Yep. Rigoletto? La Giaconde? Pirates of Pizance? La Samabala? Whose turn is it? It's Snakes. Pirates of Penzance. It is Pirates of Penzance because when they said it, it made me think of the Will Ferrell sketch where he acts like Robert Goulet and Robert Goulet is in Pirates of Penzance. Um, and just a little behind the pull the curtain back a little bit. Uh, the original question, what was the what was the name of the opera that he took her to? And Kate ruined it by saying La Traviata earlier. <laughs> and I just made that up as we went. Wow. I was going to throw the question out, but then Kate said she really likes how I do seven questions. So I had to keep seven questions in. Impressive. And I just made it up at the top of my head. You nailed that. <gasps> Brent, that's, that's that is impressive. The, I know. I just wanted people to know that's a little behind the scenes of uh, podcast production. There was no panic. None. None. I, I would never have known. Number seven. Julia Roberts. She was nominated for Best Actress in 1991 for her role in Pretty Woman. Who won the award? Oh. I will need the multi-choices. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, Angelica Houston. B, Kathy Bates. C, Joanne Woodward. D, Meryl Streep. Oh, man. Got your heavy hitters up there. No kidding. Besides Joanne Woodward, wouldn't know her if she fell on my face right Same. now. I immediately. He, she was married to Paul Newman. Means nothing. Oh, and apparently, if you watch the uh, documentary about Paul Newman and Joanne Woodward, you realize that actually Joanne Woodward is an amazing actress. I haven't seen this. I'm just going on by hearsay, but um, I. Well, in 1991, she may have won Best Actress. That's how good she was. 91? 1991. When did Misery come out? I I think this is probably Kathy Bates in Misery is probably what she got nominated for. And Meryl Streep in like... Anything. Anything. And Angelica Houston was in there and Joanne Woodward. (laughs) (laughs) Was Angelica Houston in that great witch mouse movie that I like? The witches? Witch Mouse movie? Like it's a movie about witches and I think it's called children. The Witches. Okay. <laughs> no, Nate wasn't asking a question. He was telling you the answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. The Witches? Okay, I am going to go with Meryl Streep. Kathy Bates? This is annihilated. Wow. Whoa! 
Oh, no! In 1991, I miss Kathy Bates. <laughs> I wanted to say Kathy Bates because for sure, misery. That is the, the question that I said I'm going to rant about. But we still have, a, we still have a, a quiz to win here. So tiebreaker question is, um, let's go to the, their counterparts. Um, one would say lesser of the genders. 1991 Best Actor Award. Who won it? Oh, Ooh, I'll need some multi-choices. Yeah. Your options are Jeremy Irons, Kevin Costner, Robert De Niro, Gerard De Perdue, and Richard Harris. Gerard De Perdue. <sighs> Tough, man. Can you go over them again? Say them again. Yeah, I'll even give you the the movies they were in. Yeah, give me the movies. 91, right? Yep. So first uh, option is Jeremy Irons for the movie uh, Reversal of Fortune. The next um, is Kevin Costner for Dances with Wolves. Robert De Niro for Awakenings. Gerard Depadou for Serrano de Bergenac. And Richard Harris for The Field. I'm going to guess Gerard Depardieu. Okay. I am going to guess Jeremy Irons. In 1991, the movie, uh, I'm sorry, 1991, the Best Actor Award went to Mr. Jeremy Irons. Give me the beat, boys, and free my soul. I want to get lost in your rock and roll and drift away. Give me the beat, boys, and free my little soul. I was trying to picture. The Oscar stage in 1991, and which of those people I could see up there by themselves. And Jeremy Irons was the only one that I could see by himself. Well, you you nailed it. Thank you. Yeah, you beat, you beat Nate's ass into the ground. No, I did not. Nate was an excellent competitor. You know, when the Undertaker does the tombstone and rolls his eyes back in his head and sticks his tongue out? Yeah. That's what you did to Nate. Yeah. No, I don't receive that. Uh, well. How about we give out some Olympic medals, guys? How about we let just let's talk, talk about, about Kathy Bates, Bates, for a, Bates a little? <laughs> yeah. Now I've never seen Misery, so I've never seen Kathy Bates' performance. But there's one thing I do know: <laughs> Julia Roberts acted circles around Kathy Bates in Misery. <sighs> I don't know about here's, that. Here's no, no. Listen to me. I got two things to say. You put Julia Roberts in that role of misery. Great film. Okay. You put Kathy Bates in Pretty Woman. <laughs> Is it the same movie? <laughs> yes, exactly. Nate. You can't. It's funny. It's laughter. <laughs> and that's who we're given the best actress nominee award to. I mean, I can't. By that, by those rules, you win. You're right. <laughs> You're correct. I how no one brought that up on the Academy is mind boggling. And I hope someone did. And I tell you, I'll tell you the real reason why it won. Because it was sex work. Oh, because they're they're biased against sex workers. It glorified sex work, mm. they thought. Mm. And okay. so instead they're like, we don't want to glorify sex work. Let's glorify this insane fan tying a dude's legs up and breaking his ankles with a sledgehammer. Exactly. <laughs> like Terminator. Did not glorify you, didn't make you want to go out and meet a futuristic robot. My girl didn't make you want to go out and die by a bunch of bees. <laughs> so it's, they're showing their own ass. In 1991, forever to me, Julia Roberts has that Oscar. 
That's why you've been boycotting the Academy ever since. That's why I don't support Kathy Bates. <laughs> it was a sham. Did you guys know the budget for this was $14 million? Did you see what it netted? No. Not enough. How much? So they made it for $14 million. The box office was $463 million. fuck. Half a billy for the pretty woman? And that's in the 90s. Good lord. Yeah. Oh, well, why don't we give out some gold medals? Let's do it. Who did you guys give your bronze medal to? Brent, you go first. My bronze is going to Mr. Richard Gere. He was asked to play a boring old uh, rich guy. He played a boring rich guy. Solid up and down, left and right. Very handsome as well. Yeah, he is handsome. He's got that gray hair, but little young face. I'm going to give my bronze medal to Jason Alexander for being a jerk capitalist. I thought he played that very well. He's horrible. Yeah, thought he did a great job of being horrible. Worst of the worst. Yeah, I uh, I like to. I was happy to see him being uh, not George. Also, he's been married since 1982. What a dude! He's been married for 41 years. What a guy! Crazy. He's like the opposite of his character. Yeah. Um. Who did you give your bra silver to, Brent? Uh, my, uh, silver medal. So Jesus silver met. I can't pronounce his name. I'm getting worried about it. My silver medal went to Hector Elizondo. Mine so, too. That's, mine, where I gave my that's silver a, two. that's a three. That's a trifecta oh, guys. Yay. Three Hector Elizondos. When now I have a question about, he was just, he plays such a good, nice guy. Um, when do you, I wrote it down. When do you think he fell in love with her? Oh, I think when he was probably just like chit chatting with her in the he office, he wouldn't have made the call. Yeah, he wouldn't have made the call to Bridget. This movie would be horrible to watch if there wasn't like a Hector Elizondo character to be like sweet yes. and nice. I would hate watching this movie if everybody was horrible to her. Yeah, I loved his character, and I think that uh, there was room for some humor in his character. Like, I think they could have done a couple. Like, he could have been a. I don't know. I think his character does a lot for the movie and it could have been a little bit bigger. I wouldn't have been mad to see more of him. Yeah. I also wouldn't have been mad to see more of him. I think his character came from the streets as well. For sure. So he related to her and he he rose the ranks to become the manager of this big fancy hotel. And I, that's why I liked him. He played a pivotal role. Gold medals. I think we all have the same gold medal here. Nope. Nope. <gasps> If I, you know what? That's dirty, Kate. Who did you choose? I chose Frank Bellamy or Ralph Bellamy, who was Mr. Morse, the old guy, because he was in Trading Spaces and this was the last film he was in before he died. And he is a gift. And I want to, I want to acknowledge Ralph Bellamy. I love his voice. It's an incredible voice. He uh, also says, like I said, he mentions that he's proud of Richard Gere, which really endeared him to me. Uh, Julia Roberts is obviously the gold medal winning uh, actor from this film. Let's see Mr. Bellamy in that uh, white and blue dress. Well, we'll talk about who gets the gold medal. <laughs> he couldn't pull it off. It's Julia Roberts all day. 
there's not even a question. And I also kind of understand more now. Like, I'm like, well, I wonder why we haven't seen Julia Roberts that much. Oh, because this movie made $400 million. She doesn't need to do shit. She's been good since the 90s. Yeah, she probably saved her money. But then, no, she lived in like New. She lived in like New Mexico for a long time. And she's in um, Runaway Bride with Richard Gere and uh-huh. Hector Elizondo. They did a reunion. Really? Yeah. They're like the North American Friends Movie Club yeah. podcast. Of she's truly the queen of the rom com. We haven't had another one like her since. I can't think of anybody who is like just. Just oh, I think Kate Hudson movie. had a run there, and so did Reese Witherspoon. We only have one segment left, and that's uh, let's give this movie a rating. The script for this movie out of ten, what would you guys give the script for this? Movie? I'm going to say. A seven. It was basically written twice beforehand, and they just kind of like updated it to modern 1990 times. Yeah, and I think there's just no chance this movie does anything without Julia Roberts. Yeah, I'll agree. I think seven is good. The music in this movie. Not a lot of music actually in this movie. Oh, I, I disagree. Like, so much I disagree. Good pop, 80s pop music. Oh yeah, I'm giving it a nine. I- I want to give it a nine too. I'm going to go seven. I have a pretty woman. That's fun. When it goes. Roy Orbison's tossing in his grave. Seven. Yeah. Sing some more, Nate. There's, there's no, there's no, I was like listening for the score and stuff. And it's just like totally unnoticeable. Like nothing. No, I disagree. Disagree. Hard disagree. The uh, art direction in this movie. I loved all the shopping scenes and I did love the fashions, even though I don't want to wear them. So I'm going to give it an eight. I think I wrote down iconic looks in my book because there were so many iconic scenes. And so I'm giving it a nine. I would say. uh, It's tough. Because it's like, it does look so different to the eye just because it is the late 80s, early 90s. Like, the penthouse is covered in pink carpet. Like, that's the most horrible thing I've ever seen. But it's also so true to, like, that time of, like, that's what classy was. Pink carpeted stairs. Ugh. So Uh, 90s. I'll give it. I did like her fashions. I'll give it an 8. The this is a romantic comedy. As a romantic comedy, what would you give this movie? Oh, I'm giving it a ten. This is the the bar that's set for romantic comedies. I didn't think it was very funny, so mm. I'm gonna give it an, a seven. I agree that it's not. There's no. There's not a lot of laughs. There was one thing that made me laugh, but I cannot, for the life of me, remember when she went woof 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 during the the polo match. Maybe that was a no. That, that was like I laughed. thought. That, I feel like there was something that actually made me like laugh out loud, and it could have been it. But uh, so, but it. 
I was happy when they smooched at the end. So I guess that counts as romantic. So I'm going to go for eight. sure. I'm going to go eight. And then finally, for the theme of the month, smooching and kissing, loving and fun, whatever our theme is. Uh, how does this fit into our theme? Of being a Okay, I'll give it an eight because you're right. It's not that funny. It's iconic, but it's not that funny. It's not particularly romantic because it does start off very unromantically. So. Oh, I think it's probably the most romantic thing ever put on into film. Um, I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to give it an eight. This is a 39.5. 39.5. What it's uh she got mail or not she got mail uh we've got mail or you got mail. 39.3. And what did this get? 39.5. Okay. That would have been a tough pill to swallow. I uh are you guys ready to hear what my choice is for the next movie? I have been talking to Nick about this all week. Trying to And do- I think I'm excited. What did you? What was your guess? I don't know, but I'm ready for anything. There's no way that either of you are going to predict what I'm going to pick. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, But I think you're going to like it. It is a 1991 romantic comedy starring Albert Brooks, Meryl Streep, and Rip Torn called (gasps) Defending Your Life. I love this movie. Already love it. Seen it multiple times. I haven't seen it in ages. I'm very excited to watch this film. Defending Your Life. Yes. Oh, my God. It's such a good movie. All right. Well, all that's left to do is say goodnight, Kate. Good night, Kate. Good night, Kate. From the beginning of motion picture history, Hollywood has tried to show you what the afterlife is really like. Good afternoon and welcome to Judgment City. You have any idea what's going on? No. Well, in a nutshell, you're here to defend your life, and I'm going to help you. Defend my life? Finally. Wow. The first true story of what happens after you die. Where am I? Is this heaven? No, it isn't heaven. Is it hell? Actually, there is no hell. Although I hear Los Angeles is getting pretty close. Didn't anyone ever tell you you carry yourself very stiffly? Leave me alone, I'm dead. That's life. Albert Brooks. You make me think of my little poodle. Meryl Streep. I think I might have been a heavyset man at one time. (laughs) Rip Torn. Lee Grant. Buck Henry. In a new film by Albert Brooks. So I'm on trial for being afraid. Well, first of all, I don't like to call it a trial. Second of all, yes. If you see one movie before you die. I love you. I love you. This is damn exciting stuff. See, defending your life. Most people love it. Some it makes nauseous. (laughs) Don't worry about it. B-Train's not on. B-Train can't hear us yet. He doesn't even know this great new nickname we came up with for him. (laughs) All right. Choo-choo, he's going to be back soon.
All aboard. All aboard the B-Train. B-Train, what are you drinking? What's up, B-Train? Um, no, we're not going to call ourselves B-Train. We absolutely are. 